Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for tuning in. I'm RDA. My boy Lance Dillon, the mind of fantasy football, is also here with me. We love talking fantasy football. I'm guessing that's why you click that link right there, ready to talk some fantasy football, obviously. So hopefully we can give you some great material over the next few minutes, hour, however long we decide to be here with you guys. But nevertheless, Lance, how has how has your life been so far, my guy? Because it has been a crazy offseason for me, but the preseason is here. And honestly, that's more than enough for me at the moment because I have been dying to watch any kind of football at the moment. Yeah, Rudy, we are uh, one week closer yet again to the start of preseason, which then leads us into the regular season and just amazing stuff for us to talk about, running us all the way up through, you know, January. Because, Mm -hmm. you know, one thing I keep forgetting about is we're going to have 17 weeks of fantasy relevance this year. And the adjustments that we're going to have to make and look at if there is too much of a difference that we need to consider from pre our whole fantasy careers, you know, I, I really don't know what to expect on that. So it's going to be kind of a learning curve for a lot of us, but I, I forget it's going to be an 18 regular season week. Yeah, no, the, the one thing I have noticed and uh, a lot of people have been talking about it is they've added an extra spot on their benches for fantasy football teams going forward, you know, in case of an injury, since now the season is a little bit more prolonged, and uh, it's one game, but, I mean, damn, for, for us it's one game, but for that player, another 60 or so plays of getting smashed up by the defense. But, I mean, I, I don't know. Uh, I hope that doesn't affect us too much. But, I mean, we do have to think of strategy-wise, like, that depth better be in sync with you to go out there and win some ships. But overall, though, I mean, how, how do you feel going into the season so far? I mean, we still got a, a, about a month or so, but any good feelings out there? You think you know, win a million championships this year? You know, I mean, it's the beginning of of the end for for everybody in a sense, you know, because, you know, we haven't played any games yet. And, you know, for some of us, like me and you, we've been doing some dynasty leagues and kind of getting prepared for that. I've done a couple of uh, redrafts so far, including a super flex that I did the other day. I had Mahomes at the first overall pick in that Mm. one. And I think it turned out pretty good. So I'm I'm hopeful. I think we're all hopeful, uh, you know, this time of the year. The, the main thing, and we won't dive real deep into it, but in general, you know, you had sent me something about the, uh, the NFL cracking down on potential COVID outbreaks and things mm-hmm. like that. And so seeing like how these teams and players react to those have gotten the vaccination and those that haven't, you know, us being challenged as fantasy guys is, you know, who <laughs> – Who's going to be safe? Who's who? You know what? What to do about all of that? It's like COVID from last year, but it's like I think it's going to be worse this year because we don't know who's gotten the shot and we don't know how these teams are are handling it. I mean, we know what Jerry Jones wants. Mm-hmm. I did you hear his interview oh, yes. the other day at the press conference, which that warmed my heart because it doesn't matter the reason for it. He wants people to get the shot because at the bottom the bottom line is making that money. So. Oh, yeah. It's going to be very uh, challenging for us as fantasy players and obviously the, the real NFL uh, teams and GMs and owners, but it's just one of those extra wrinkles that we're going to have to deal with. Yeah, man, it's honestly going to be a little bit insane out there. The the one thing that I saw, the, the forfeit rule that's coming into play this year where if they can't reschedule the game within the 18-game, 18 18-week 18 period, isn't kind of the forfeit. So fantasy football-wise, I mean, that sucks. Like, let's say you have Derrick Henry and the Titans get COVID. 
well, you just lost out on fantasy points right there. But if they happen to be playing against, like, the Pittsburgh Steelers, who we'll be talking about later on, and you're over here with Najee Harris, you're like, yo, I'm supposed to get points too. Guess what? Game got canceled. So even though the Steelers get the win in real life, you're taking a big hit losing Najee Harris like that in that game. So it's going to be – you have to keep a real close eye on that situation there. These games will get canceled this year apparently. And uh, honestly, it's going to get real crazy real quick out there. <clears throat> but in general, obviously the one thing we have been doing these last few weeks is covering the divisions inside the NFL. We've gone through the West. We went through the East. We went through the South. But now it's time to get to the Kings of the North. I mean, that's for you Game of Thrones fans and people out there. If anyone watches the show, if not, I mean. What show is that? Game of Thrones. Is it? Um, There's a King of the North there. I mean, it's, it's a guy. Oh, he knows nothing. I hadn't heard of that show. Is it popular? Um, is it to some people, you know, it's like uh, it has Comic dragons. book nerds? Yeah, comic I, book I, nerds? I love comic books, personally. Is it I, better than Lost, though? I don't think it's better than Lost, bro. Um, well, I'm, to me, I'm not going <laughs> to lie to you. I don't know. Maybe not, but somebody listening, maybe. So, I Wait a minute. Have you not seen Lost? Okay, we better not get okay. on a Lost. Yeah, Have you I'm, not seen it, though? Have no, you seen I'm, it? I'm, I'm honestly lost. That I don't know where Lost is. Oh, man, brother. you. Okay. Oh, damn. You know, we probably lost like three <laughs> listeners right there. No, no. For that. <laughs> we, we gained listeners because Lost is the best show ever, but that's another night, another day, another dollar, another whatever. But because <laughs> it's the best and I haven't watched it, they're like, why the hell would I listen to this guy? He doesn't even know Lost. So, yeah, that's true. But I don't know Game of Thrones, so maybe we're both losers in those aspects. Uh, well, I don't know. Honestly, I, I barely know Game of Thrones. Like, I have real nerdy friends that love that show, so I know a few episodes. Like, Aaron Rodgers was in, it was in an episode. Oh. And uh, that's about, you know, I, 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 they have dragons, and that's it. But nevertheless, they have a king in the north in the show, and uh, that's what we'll be getting to today. The North Divisions. One of the most, like, these two divisions, both in the AFC and the NFC, they are just firepower when it comes to fantasy football you can literally draft players across positions just all over the board these guys are heavy heavy hitters and what better place to start than with the man i just told you was in game of thrones mr aaron Rodgers himself who just played an extra he wasn't that important but in the nfl brainy mvp and at the moment you know he's currently a little lost uh-huh, uh-huh, kind of worked it in both. Hey. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so uh, right now, you know, we'll see what happens with him. If he does come back or if he doesn't, I mean, how comfortable are you with Jordan Love? Like, what do you do going into the draft not knowing what is happening with Aaron Rodgers so far? That's that's the, the tricky part, buddy. You know, not knowing who's going to be the quarterback and how you're going to proceed. From what I have seen so far, Devontae Adams – is dropping in drafts a bit some a little more drastic than others like in that redraft league uh that i just did the other day the super flex adams fell to the end of the third round and i felt that was pretty interesting so like if you're taking him right now i feel like you got to be comfortable obviously in any situation now if jordan love is the quarterback Devontae Adams has proven that he can play with anybody and he can put up still worst case wide receiver two numbers. So if I can get a Devontae Adams at value in the third round, middle third round ish, then I'm going to take that every time because the upside of having Aaron Rodgers there and what Adams can give you 
versus the still upside, even with love there, based on talent of Adams alone. I, I like that, you know. Now, you flip over to a guy like Bob Tanyan, mm-hmm. boy, Buster, little kiddo, baby kiddo. <laughs> you know, I think in that instance, I find myself – wanting other tight ends in that range if Jordan Love is the quarterback. Like, I'd rather have a guy we're going to talk about here in a bit, Irv Smith. Um, I think I would like a Mike Gusecki over a guy like Tanyan right now. Now, if we get definitive answer, and a definitive answer that Rodgers is going to be starting, then obviously we're going to bump old Bob up. But with his upside with a guy like Jordan Love, I don't like it near as much. Devontae Adams is a phenom. Mm-hmm. Tanyan is good, but maybe with the right quarterback. So I would, right now, if you're drafting right now, kind of I would push Tanyan back, and he's dropping too. So mm-hmm. if you can get him at value in the 11th, 10th round, that's fine because you pair him up with one of these other guys, you stash Tanyan, and then if Rodgers hits, then there you go. You got yourself a back end tight end one. Man, that would be a beautiful win right there to snag Big Bob in the 10th round. I would do a backflip because I think that's a guy that he could win you championships and you get good value because it'll be such a late push. But again, if Rogers plays with Jordan Love, there's still that mystery of how the hell will this guy play up? We'll can you say what... can you say backflip Big Bob back to back to back to back? Backflip Big Bob. Yeah, see, busted. Yeah, no, you're not wrong. I couldn't <laughs> it twice. Tongue twister. Okay, so <laughs> we got one out there. So if you guys are out there listening, try to say it yourself. Backflip Big Bob and try to do it ten times. <laughs> Backflop <laughs> Big. Nah, you're right. Yeah, wait, it's all right. It's all right. Big your day Bob. Job, right? Yeah. <laughs> Facts. You're right. Um, uh, Aaron, Aaron, Aaron Jones though, because obviously we just talked about Aaron Rodgers and uh, his disappearing act. But Aaron Jones is he? any effect on him with Aaron Rodgers gone because the man just got paid. He's coming off a season where, I mean, it was just amazing and he got that contract that he deserved, but is this man's value going to diminish at all? Or is he going to get a rise with no Aaron Rodgers? Well, in my opinion, I don't think he's going to get a rise because here's my worry. Let's say fast forward, Jordan Love is the quarterback. Then these defenses are going to be able to stack the box and, crowd Aaron Jones and then force Jordan Love to beat you. Now, he's got a better shot of beating you with Devontae Adams back there than anybody else, but I still would worry a bit about Aaron Jones's value, but not, but I worry about it not it's not going to go up. But I this Jordan Love is the quarterback. I still think Jones can maintain uh maybe not necessarily the high standard he's had the last, you know, couple of years, but He's still going to be valuable. And again, I think you right now, if you're drafting, you are going to see that price decrease just a tad where you can get Aaron Jones maybe in a one-quarterback league. Maybe you get him middle of the second round or to the back end because people are worried about the quarterback situation. Again, there, I I like I would like getting him there. You know, I, I we still have faith in the talent. That's not going to change. And so – you know, I'm still high on Aaron Jones. Now, when we get to do our rankings and stuff, I'll have to see exactly where I'm going to have him because 
you know, again, we're still trying to get some more information on Rodgers. And for the record, I think he starts the season as the Packers quarterback. I think he's going to get over whatever this is, and he is going to play, and he's going to play for Green Bay. He's been there too long. He means too much to that team. They will – I think – I'm hopeful, but I think they'll get over their differences. So I'm, I'm looking at the season that Rodgers is going to be the guy. Oh, yeah, 100%. You know what? I personally – I don't see Aaron getting traded – or honestly sitting out the whole season. Aaron Rodgers is too good. You don't have an MVP caliber season just to not come back the next year and be like, oh, well, you know what? You guys kind of screwed me over. I'm not going to play. No, you go out there, you're like, you know what? Run it back. We're going to take a ship this time and go out there and uh, actually maybe go out there and make a Super Bowl and get a second ring added to Aaron Rodgers, which uh, hopefully he might be able to get this year if he comes back. If he comes back. <clears throat> now, Moving forward, I mean, obviously that's a very good team, but we have a few to get to. The Chicago Bears, all right? This team a little bit more dicey would probably be the answer here. I mean, it's a little bit more question marks. Uh, they have a little bit more, I don't know, mystery to it because there's honestly a lot of speculation going around. But AR-15 at the moment has been a guy that has made it known. You know what? A little bit of a troubled guy, but he guy is still a very good receiver. Is there any chance that you see this guy finishing as a top 10 wide receiver? I mean, no doubt. You look at last year alone, he finishes as wide receiver nine with the carousel of quarterbacks that he had to deal with last year with Foles, Trubisky, you know. So this guy is proven. We've talked about no matter who the quarterback is, just like a De Devontae Adams, it doesn't matter who's throwing him the ball. This dude plays up to his level, up to anyone's level, time and time again. And especially, say they start the season with Andy Dalton, and then Fields gets in there at some point. You know, with Dalton, Robinson will be like a wide receiver 12, say, give or take. Yep. Bump in Fields, boom. I think Robinson goes up to being a top seven receiver mm -hmm. this year. You know, he, he just, you know, Fields hopefully has, you know, he has the talent, it seems like, and, I don't know much about, again, about college uh, players too much. So I didn't watch much of his tape, but he's a first-round pick. He's a top uh, 11, top 10 pick in the draft. The Bears traded up to get him. So Allen Robinson, you take him at where, you know, he's going. If you need him, go ahead and grab him. Don't worry about who the quarterback is because you haven't had to in any previous seasons. Oh, yeah, no, 100%. AR-15 is a monster. Watching that guy play football, I'm just like, Damn, this guy can do it. It just sucks because the quarterback situation has been a roller coaster literally for his entire career. Starting off with the Jaguars, then Mitch Trubisky, the Nick Foles project, Andy Dalton now. We'll see what happens with Justin Fields. But given that uh, running back situation, though, because that's another one that's very big, I, I love Monty. I love Montgomery. Mandatory Montgomery <laughs> is what you said last year, and I will never forget it because I – Freaking love that name. Brad, it Brad Evans. Brad, Brad Evans, Evans great Brad. job for uh, telling that to uh, Lance. Lance said it on the podcast to me. I freaking love it. Mandatory Montgomery, whom I am in love with from last year. However, now I'm a little bit questionable because Tariq Cohen comes back. The Damian Williams, I'm not saying that's a great pickup by any means, but the dude was very good with the Chiefs the last time he played there. So that, that running back committee, it's I think it's good for the NFL team themselves for them to be very good. But 
overall, man, how do you feel overall about that committee? Because I'm just, I don't know where to take Montgomery. I don't know where to take Cohen. And Damian Williams has been going undrafted in almost every league that I've done. It is it is interesting. You know, Damian Williams, a guy that takes a year off uh, from COVID to take care of his sick mom, and then the Chiefs end up cutting him. Should have been the Super Bowl MVP, so on and so forth. So I really think right now, with where Montgomery is going, yet again, people aren't believing in what he did in the in the stretch run last year. And there's, I think there is some credence to that. The strength of schedule was amazing. There was no Tariq Cohen, no other running back breathing down his neck. And the dude flat out performed. But I think what's scaring people this year and seeing Monty fall in these drafts from what I've seen, that he people are knowing that Tariq Cohen is back and that they're just not as a – they're not high on him again. But here's what I would say to that. Tariq Cohen, apparently he's battling another injury right now. Um, I would need to do a little more research to see what that was, but I know he is hurt somewhat. So I don't know how serious that is. So here's the deal. Let's, I, in my opinion, in my head, eliminate Cohen out of this, this thing. I don't want him anyways. I don't want him. Montgomery with where he is being drafted right now. It's very good value. He'd be able to plug right into your lineup as an RB two, And then, you look at a guy like Damian Williams, if you have Monty, I would take Damian Williams as his handcuff late in drafts. Like you said, he's not even getting drafted right now. You could get him with your 14th round pick, 15th round, whatever it may be, stash him. Because I tell you what, looking at as far as handcuffs go, it doesn't get any better than a Damian Williams. I don't care what system you're in. He can play, am I right, or what? That guy can football. I mean, there's there's a reason this guy put up the stats that he did. After Cream Hunt left, everybody was like, oh, system running back. But you know what? This guy did very good things for the Kansas City Chiefs. And to me, personally, I believe this guy was the Super Bowl MVP. Even though Patrick Mahomes got it, I love this guy. But Damian Williams deserved to have gotten that MVP, in my opinion. He he really did, man. I, I just – I'm still bitter about that. And I am a Mahomes guy. I mean, who isn't? But – I am, but it just shows you how biased the NFL is about quarterbacks and season-long MVPs and Super Bowl MVPs. It's all about the QB, and for the most part, for good reason. But when you have a guy that performed like Williams did, man, it was just a shame. So, But moving on, though, here's the next question I have for you, Mr. RDA. Oh, yeah. Looking at, you know, tight end position, and as we know, there's the very top tier and there's maybe some in the middle tier, and then there's everybody else. So you look at a guy like Mr. Cole Komet, second-year tight end in the Bears system with Nagy going. You know, do you think you know? Do you think he could be solid for these guys to uh, guys and gals to come out and draft in their leagues? Should we wait and see on him? Because you know he did okay last year. He had moments, but is he going to break out? Yeah, no. For me, the I, I loved him. In college, oh, my God, at Notre Dame, I can't say enough good things about this guy. Definitely deserved to be the first tight end off the board. In football perspective, this guy is amazing to actually watch and take over. But for right now, and, I mean, this, and it redraft leagues us since we, that's mainly what we speak about here, but Jimmy Graham is still the play there. This man, obviously, you know, everybody says his career is dying off, which, believe me, I 100% understand. He's very forgettable for the most part. But he had 50 receptions last year. The yardage, not that great. But the eight touchdowns, I like. Especially wait, wait. With... Did you, you said Jimmy Graham? 
Yeah. Because last time I thought he was relevant, I was working at the photo lab at Eckerd's. A hundred percent. You're a hundred percent correct. But but that's why Cole Komet to me, it just doesn't make any sense in any redraft league. Because at the moment, I think Jimmy Graham is still the guy there. For some reason, the Bears, maybe they think they still have a shot to actually win that division in an insanely battle with very tough teams around them. So they'll play Jimmy Graham instead of developing Cole Komet. But next year, at this time, I think Cole Komet will be a guy that's worthy of starting. So if you haven't been dynasty leagues, that's a guy that you snag up late round, stash him. He will definitely help you out. But in redraft moments, as much as I love Cole, and that guy makes stupid good plays at times. I just feel the Bears, for some reason, are going to stick with Jimmy G and maybe skip a little bit on the development for uh, at least the first half of the season for the poor Cole Komet over there. So, again, Jimmy Graham, I still wouldn't touch it myself. But if you're going for a Bears tight end, that's the one you want to shoot for. On the opposite side, though, because we do have plenty of other teams to go to, this time we're going to go to the Minnesota Vikings. That's right, those guys down with uh, – Minneapolis, always oh, very fun to see those guys. Whenever they score, I love to hear their horn, man. So, whoo, I sound stupid there, but that's what it sounds like whenever I hear it on TV. <laughs> <laughs> Nevertheless, I, the one thing I'm very, I'm very curious on with the Vikings, not the TV show or the movies or whatever you find, but the Minnesota Vikings here, everyone knows Justin Jefferson. What a machine of a rookie year. But Why? Lance, I need you to tell me this. Why is everyone forgetting about Adam Thielen? Is this man dead? Is, did he secretly get kidnapped and get kicked off the team? Like, no one is talking about him, and he's being drafted a lot later than I expected. Yeah, this is another guy that, based on, I think, recency bias, that there people are sleeping on him a little bit. The guy finishes as wide receiver nine, uh, I'm sorry, wide receiver 10 last season. So him and Jefferson both finished in the top 10. And I, I, I think there's two reasons. One is the obvious. Justin Jefferson is there. He had one of the all-time great rookie wide receiver seasons. So it's only natural to think Jefferson is going to build on that and tr- you know continue to just kill it. And then maybe that devalues Thielen a little bit. And then I think on the other uh, side of it, it's his age. You know, he's one year older. And then if we generally look at the Vikings offense as a whole, they do like to run the ball a lot more. So if you're more of like a novice fantasy player, you're looking at this offense thinking, well, they primarily run the ball because Dalvin Cook is the man there. Mm. If they are going to throw it, Justin Jefferson is the one they're going to throw it to because, yeah, I heard he, his name, you know, in the news and he got offensive um, rookie of the year. I, I, I'm right. Yeah, uh, well, it was actually it was supposed to be him, but because the NFL is very biased towards quarterback, they gave it to Justin Jefferson, I believe. Her- I mean, Herbert. Oh, Herbert, yeah, sorry. Yeah, again, like we talked about earlier, the quarterbacks and all these awards and stuff. But, yeah, so, okay, so Justin Jefferson still finishes runner-up. The guy's a monster, and he had another quote, too, this week, I think, that he said something about, you know, people are going to doubt me again. Okay, well, I'm going to show them, and watch. He's going to just outperform Randy Moss's 07 Patriots season, you know? I mean, I don't know, but – That would um, be amazing. Oh, my God. But I I think, though, if you want a receiver in this offense and you don't want to pay that that high price tag for J.J., then – Definitely Thielen is a guy that you can look at. Now, let's be honest here. He finishes as, as wide receiver 
10, and he had like a crap load of touchdowns, man. I mean, he he's going to regress to the mean on mm-hmm. touchdowns this year. So you do want to temper your expectations, but for the cost, it's going to even out, and it's going to be worth it in the end. So mm-hmm. don't sleep on him. You know, I, he's someone definitely to get a value as your wide receiver three or a flex. That would be a beautiful flex if I could have him out there. But, again, like to your point, I can definitely see people that look at the team and they think this is a run first team because Dalvin Cook is the man. Obviously, the man is just out there cooking up a show, breaking tackles, hitting those big runs, catching screens. The man does it all. Is this a guy that we should be talking about more as a possible number one overall pick over McCaffrey, over Saquon, Kamara, et cetera, et cetera? If you smell what the lads is cooks pretty good eh oh yeah super now it's just a wwe too that's what's funny about that ah nice nice now i don't like wwe right now it's crappy i i'm old school i i you know i I might see goldberg if it helps you know and i got to see sting so the guy that ruined bret hart's career yeah you know ended it Okay, yeah, I'm still bitter about that. Um, we could talk wrestling again. <laughs> we should do like a separate like wrestling show. Okay, anyways, um, Cook. Yes, that was a great rock impression. Dalvin Cook. Yes, this guy is going to be a beast for another year. But if you take Cook, make sure don't sleep. Take Alexander Madison. Prioritize the handcuff on this one because this is one that truly, truly matters. But Dalvin Cook is worth the price of admission. You're going to take him in your top four, top three picks him uh, McCaffrey are going to challenge for that number one spot you know Kamara he just finished behind Kamara last year and Derrick Henry you know was up there so I I definitely think you can't go wrong you know when you're looking at drafting in the first round in these redraft leagues you have to make sure that you take somebody that you can't miss on now you can't you know, you can't worry about injuries with McCaffrey last year and Saquon, et cetera, et cetera. But a guy like Dalvin Cook, you can draft with that high-end pick, and you know you're going to get your value because Zimmer is still coaching there. He loves to run the ball. And even with the play action that's helping out Jefferson and Thielen, et cetera, et cetera, it's, you know, it, it's just a match made in heaven, Dalvin Cook, in this offense. Now, after this season, we'll see how they do because mm. Zimmer may not be there long term. But – this year, for sure, I, I agree with you, man. Cook is um, – yeah, he's a man. Yeah, I got to be cooking up everybody and their mothers. Speaking of good value with Madison, they do have another couple guys that could be high value if they pan out, one of them being Captain Kirk. Yes, we do like that. Or no, we don't. I will, we'll see what Lance says. Personally, I do. I like that guy, especially because he's going very late. Two good receivers. But the Irv Smith show, is that finally going to start a thing since Kyle Rudolph decided – I'm going to jet out of here. Well, he didn't have a choice. But he decided to split, and that was with the New York Giants, the Irv Smith. This guy finally going to break out and be what these guys wanted him to be. Well, you know, seeing how Irv Smith finished the season, I I really am – I was and am hopeful that, yes, he can be. But then, you know, I think it's Zimmer or maybe one of the offensive coaches – they come out and start talking up Tyler Conklin and how they really think he's going to be a great, you know, piece in this offense and yada, yada, yada. And I think I, I read or heard somewhere that there's some stats last season that 
you know, when Irv Smith was out there, I think was your boy Rudolph was hurt at one point, right? Yeah, that, that that's probably what got him kicked out. But I mean, he also wasn't producing very well. But even then, Irv Smith did get his shots in there. It just was never enough to catch anyone's attention, which actually hurt my soul a little bit. Yeah, you know, and I, I mean, Irv Smith, I think he can ball, but. When you hear the coaching staff talking about another tight end, it does give you a little bit of a pause. But I still think a majority of people are semi-sleeping on Irv Smith. And so, again, where you can draft him, definitely going to be worth the shot, especially if, like, you want to just completely push the tight end position. You don't get one of those top guys, and you're looking at some of these tight ends later in your drafts. I think Irv Smith definitely falls into that category where you can take a couple, two, three of these guys. So we're looking at, you know, a Gerald Everett. We're looking at, you know, Irv Smith, um, Gusecki, you know, guys like that, even uh, maybe even Logan Thomas, but guys that you can get in that final tier of tight ends, or at least not in the top tier and take two, three of them and you can play matchups or, you know, if it is Irv Smith's year, then boom, you got your tight end one, but I, I love him. I just, you know, I do worry about Conklin just a bit. Yeah, no, for sure. Now, like I said, the other guy was Kirk Cousins, which personally I like him. He's been going very deep into these drafts, which I would gladly take a guy that's coming off the best year in touchdowns, uh, 35 is most he's thrown in his career. Justin Jefferson looks like he's a real deal. Adam Thielen is still a machine. You got Cook that can catch the ball. Kirk Cousins is surrounded by some very good weapons. And if Irv Smith decides to show up and bring in the heat, I think Kirk Cousins will be one of the better value quarterbacks in this draft heading into the football season. Man, I cannot wait. If I can still captain Kirk in like round nine or 10, I'll be more than happy down there. Now, moving forward to the last team over here, the final team and the one team that made a blockbuster trade Mr. Jared Goff and the Detroit Lions over there what do you expect from this man is he going to be better at golf or is he going to be you know something useful out there for fantasy football owners we'll keep this one simple Mr. RDA you know Goff isn't worth taking in any league unless it's a deep super flex that that's really about it I in one quarterback leagues uh don't even is nothing even to consider. Um, here's here's really the more important question we want to be asking about this Lions offense. Let's switch over to the running backs now. You know, DeAndre Swift, second round running back, looked great in moments last year, but he was sharing time with Adrian Peterson and uh, uh, on Johnson, you know. And so now this year we think, okay, Swift is going to be the man. And then they go out and they sign – Jamal Williams. And so where a guy like DeAndre Swift, like where are you comfortable taking him, uh, you know, in drafts this year? I'm a little bit hurt because I love him so much as a running back, but that team is so atrocious that I do not feel any kind of comfort level taking him inside the top five rounds. Like for me, I, I get it. He's a good running back. And some people may be like, well, he's my third running back. That's fine, but I personally, myself, I'm not touching him as the top five rounds. Sixth, I'll start thinking about it. And, you know, looking at Jamal Williams, Anthony Lynn, the, the new, I think, offensive coordinator for the Lions, he used to coach the Chargers, he was really talking up Jamal Williams in the offseason, saying, you know, he's a hard worker. And we know, we know Jamal Williams provided really good value 
in the Green Bay offense. And I don't see any reason why he can't in this one. So Jamal Williams is the guy that I'm looking to target later in my draft when I'm looking for an RB4, RB5, maybe even an RB3. Maybe you get your top two running backs and then you push the position to get your other spots. And now you need you need some backup options. You know, I put like Jamal Williams, uh, Kenyon Drake, Zach Moss as some of these guys that you can get later value on and you can use them in flex situations and bye weeks possibly. And who knows if Swift, again, God forbid, but if Swift gets hurt, then it's going to probably be the Jamal Williams show. He's proven he can carry the workload. That's as we exactly know. why I love him. Two reasons why Jamal Williams is one of my favorite running backs in the league. One, I can get good value on him and he can play very well and make the most of his opportunity. Two, he's an anime nerd like myself, so I appreciate him very much because we both watch crazy stuff like Naruto. So, Jamal Williams, if you somehow listen you. to this, bro, I love you, man. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, no, overall, though, the Lions, yeah, no, definitely a, a train wreck for me. But Hawkinson, though, that, that is that the one shiny star over there that you can actually rely on? Yes, 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 and yes, and yes. He is, you know, going to get so many targets this year, it's going to make – you know, Robin Hood jealous. <laughs> Get it? Get it? Hey. <laughs> that was good. I like so, it. yes, I, I really think Hawkins is going to be worth the value this year. You know, I have him right there after Kittle, Waller, Kelsey, and then I've got Andrews and Hawkins kind of like in that next little mini tier, like 2A-ish. Mm, okay. Um, so if you can't get one of the top guys and you still want to spend decent capital on a tight end position for some consistency, Hawkinson is your guy because look at back at Jared Goff in LA. He liked Gerald Everett and Tyler Higby, right? Mm, very much. And now there's one machine that can do that for you. So, you know, history shows us and we know Goff needs um, a million years to throw the ball to a receiver he yeah. needs the protection and i don't know how good i don't think the detroit offensive line is that good so he's going to be dropping back who's he looking for swift he's looking for hawk right my there, he, you know. yeah, he's keeping him up close definitely i, I highly doubt I, I don't see many deep balls going out there obviously they did steal panesul the top tackle that should have gone to cincinnati i hate you guys you cost me a big bet there but whatever so, Benesso was the beginning of rebuilding that offensive line, but like you said, it's not, it's not going to be enough for me to feel comfortable with him having enough time to hit those deep balls down there. Now, as for the NFC overall, the NFC North, what player has the best value in the draft, in your opinion? Well, if we're looking at, at this division, I, I, we literally just talked about him, but Jamal Williams, I really think, is going to be the best value of any of these because you're going to get – I think you're going to get definitely a flex spot and then a, a back-end RB2 for bye weeks and, and, and potential injuries that, you know, with where he is being drafted, you are going to really get a guy that's going to get get you some production. And I don't think the Lions would have signed him if they didn't intend to get him carries. And it could be where he gets all the goal line carries like AP did last year. And, man, there you go. So, I, I Williams is this for me. Nice. Uh, on my end, personally, it's only going to happen if uh, Aaron Rodgers decides to play because with Aaron, with Jordan Love, I don't, I don't see it being the same value. But Amari Rodgers, the rookie that they drafted in the third round, 
I'm absolutely in love with this guy. Like he predicted he would go to the Packers before it even happened. It was amazing. And that guy worked extremely hard. So the Rodgers to Rodgers connection, one way or another, I see it coming to life. And uh, again, that's a guy that you can get literally probably as your last pick because he's not being drafted very highly. And just stash him as like a six receiver. Maybe plug and play whenever you have injuries. But by, I would say by about week 10, I think he becomes a consistent enough to maybe help you get those between 10 to 12 points in there, just enough to help you get a boost somewhere in there as a flex. So I love him very much there. Go ahead. Uh, could I give uh, a, a, a secondary, a runner-up runner for mine as well? Oh, yes. Go ahead. <clears throat> this would be a, a sleeper and a guy that you may not even draft, but you may want to hit the waiver wire once Justin Fields becomes the starter, is Darnell Mooney. Oh, my God. That deep ball is going to be beautiful to him. Yeah, once Fields gets in, and we know he's the starter if Mooney is on your waiver wire. So I don't know if you necessarily need to draft Mooney, but he'll be on your waiver wire when Fields gets the job. Be on the lookout for that because he can complement Allen Robinson really well because, you know, Robinson is more of your, your possession guy, and Mooney is your deep guy, and Fields can throw the ball deep. So I think definitely Mooney is someone to keep an eye on. Oh, yeah, no, 100%. Uh, but we do have a time limit on here before the security guards come and find me and kick me out of this room. So we'll kick this off with the AFC North this time. And we'll start off with the division leaders from the last year thing, the Pittsburgh Steelers. And they went out the gate, first round pick. They went running back because obviously they lost James Conner, Le'Veon Bell from a couple years ago. Their running back situation has not been the same there since Le'Veon Bell. Now they get themselves some Najee Harris. Everyone loves this guy in college. But just to backtrack a couple years, the last two first running backs taken were Clyde Edwards-Hilaire and Josh Jacobs. Which one of those two guys do you think will have the the kind of season that Najee Harris has his rookie year? Remind me, where did Josh Jacobs finish after his his rookie season? I know his rookie year, I believe he had over 1,000 yards easy. But okay. Just... So, you know, yeah. So Jacobs had a, an amazing rookie yes. season. Yeah, he, and... he was up there. He was a guy that I think he only played like 14 games. He missed two of them. Was able to get over 1,050 yards, 12 touchdowns on the ground. Whereas Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, as you know from last year, it was an under, under, uh, under the radar kind of a season. Still yeah. good, but not great to what everybody expected. Yeah, he really did. You know, he finishes as RB22 in his rookie year last season. And, uh, you know, I think I think we're both definitely have high hopes for him this year because he's sliding. But on Harris, it's definitely going to be Josh Jacobs. I even think this could be – he could have an Adrian Peterson-like rookie season. I'm, oh, my God. I'm going to take this guy number one overall now. I, I mean, you know, his – I his, love AP. <laughs> His value right now, he's going in the second round mm -hmm. in your redraft leagues. So he's being drafted as virtually an RB1. And I don't think you can blame people. So let's break it down. You mm -hmm. know, let's looking, do at the, looking at the Steelers, they're, the one weakness that they have is the offensive line, right? Yep. So that doesn't help. But let's look at it this way, though. Who's behind Najee Harris in that offense? Benny Smell. Yep. He, he smells bad. Because I hate this guy after that week one performance last year. Joe. Okay. Anthony McFarland. Oh, my God. You know what? I like other McFarlands better than him. 
I like Seth MacFarlane the best. Yeah, way better. <laughs> Family Guy, guys, get it. Okay. <laughs> um, so I, I, so there's no competition, none. none. We've got the draft capital, first round pick. So let's say, okay, it's Ben's probably last season. We know we can't throw the ball super far, mm-hmm. and we do know there's other receiving weapons, so that could be looked at as a con for Mr. Harris. But given the situation. Let's say the offensive line is what we think it is. It's terrible. It's ridiculous. Yep. Ben's not going to have a lot of time to throw. Who's he going to be throwing it to? Oh, screenplays, checkdowns. Oh, man, Najee Harris could finish with 65 receptions, and I would, I would think that's still be a little bit low. Okay, there we go. And then, okay, let's look at a best-case situation. Let's just say the Pittsburgh offensive line gets their head out of their ass, and they're really good. Well, Harris is going to get – all the rushing yards, oh, yeah, and they're going to have more goal line opportunities, and he's going to get those too. So no weird. matter what scenario, the freaking floor on Najee Harris is amazing. Mm-hmm. So I'm all in on Najee Harris. He's going to finish his rookie year as a top 10 running back. He will be probably number 10 in my overall rankings, if not mm-hmm. nine maybe. And – Let's get off to the races and have some fun because the one reliability, the one reliable person in this offense in 2021 is Najee Harris, and you can book it. Oh, man, I love it, especially the confidence. Oh, God. Once you say Adrian Peterson, I already love this guy. Man, if I ever meet him, I'm going to tell him I love him so much. But with the receivers that you mentioned earlier that it could be looked at as, as a con for him, what are we going to do with these receivers? Because they have Claypool. They got Deontay Johnson. Juju Smith decided to come back, even though he was offered more money elsewhere. What are they going to do with old Big Ben back there and that atrocious offensive line? Who do you take? Where do you take them? Are they going to help me, or do I got to just pass on them? I think Deontay helps you. I, I do. I, I, I really think, you know, he's going to get enough targets. Even he had all the drops last year, but hopefully he's over that. He's going to be prolific in this offense. I think he'll have the most targets out of these receivers. I do think um, uh, Claypool, Claypool, I think, is going to be up and down again. We're going to have big weeks and no, nothing from him. He's not going to be consistent. I'm, I'm not really going to have any stock of Chase Claypool this season. Now, you look at a guy like Juju, I think he's falling the furthest out of these three. Wow. And the only, I, I, from from what I can tell, his, his stock is falling. I mean, look at it. He was a free agent, and he gets a one-year deal from Pittsburgh. And, you know, I think he's gone after this season. Because yeah. I think then Claypool could step into that wide receiver two role, and then Juju will go off somewhere else. So – I don't really think I'll probably have Juju on many of my rosters either, at least not in redraft, because even with where he's going, there's probably other receivers that that I would just rather take the high upside on. So for me, it's Johnson. And then, you know, if you need help, you know, with wide receivers and you want to take a deep flyer, you know, James Washington came back and Mm. he's a big play guy, but I – that's about it, man. <laughs> yeah, man. Those Steeler receivers and Big Ben, I'm, I'm not very high on, which was the only thing that was keeping me from Najee Harris because I'm like, dude, if they know that that's the one man that they have to stop, I'm sure some defense will find a way. Plus, they play in a very tough defensive division. Like the six games that he'll have to face are the Brownies, 
the Ravens and the Bengals, the Cincinnati Bengals, you know, they they always uh, a little bit different. But with the Ravens and the Browns, that was four very tough defensive games that he'll have to face. So that, that, that was the only thing that was keeping me. But you're right, with those targets that he'll be receiving, man, that is going to be phenomenal. I cannot wait. But as for the Ravens, though, man, that's going to be a very fun team. J.K. Dobbins is a guy that I love very much, man. That guy's from Houston. I support all Texas players, man. Great job out there. He didn't actually go to, like, Texas UT, but he's from here. That's why I say that. But J.K. Dobbins, you know, no more Mark Ingram, but he still has that devil over there with Lamar Jackson that can run around too. But J.K. Dobbins, we saw what he could do last year. Explosion type of a year or – maybe like a mid running back to this year. Yeah, we, we, I think we love Dobbins, you know, this year we both do. He did, you know, just like last year, we kind of thought he was going to have a slow start, which he did. He had one double digit game out of his first six and really two out of his first, you know, 10 games, but then down the stretch, starting on week 11 on uh, week 12, he didn't play. I wonder if that was a, COVID week. I'm trying to remember back when they played Pittsburgh, but he didn't have any points or maybe he was maybe he was hurt, but regardless not including week 12 against Pittsburgh week 11 against Tennessee all the way up until through your fantasy championship he's gotten you double digits and that was splitting carries still where Mark Ingram was there, Gus Edwards was there and he really started to bring it on and then even week 17 which most fantasy leagues weren't playing in he had 13 carries, 160 yards, and two touchdowns, a total of 28 fantasy points. And now you fast forward this year, Gus Edwards doesn't scare me. Here's the thing, man. You know this. The Baltimore Ravens are going to run the crap out of the ball. Yes. So Edwards much. is going to get his touches, right? But mm-hmm. Dobbins is going to get his. Mm-hmm. And I think, again, J.K. Dobbins' draft capital is reasonable. With uh, if I Again, third round, late third round. I, I really like that value if I can get him there, plug him in as my RB2. I mean, looking at a guy comparable, J.K. Dobbins and Gus Edwards, who do you like better for the value? For the Oh, you know what? Because Dobbins is actually – I've seen people starting to go with him very highly. Like, honestly, I, I've seen him go in the top end of the second round. Oh. And, it, it, and I'm just like, well, you know what? He, he's okay. a great player. Maybe this person's a Ravens fan. I'm not sure. But I've also seen him go, like, in the back end of the second, top third. So – it, it is it is a little bit sketchy, but I think I'm going to bank on J.K. Dobbins just having a great year. Even though Gus Edwards would be a much later person, I think I would bank on Dobbins saying, you know what, this is my team now. Sit down, Gus. We don't need a bus. It's my turn. I'm going to take this going forward. Give me the rock and let's watch, watch me score because that's the kind of guy he was whenever he played in college. And I think in year two, this guy's going to take over that backfield. I have zero question marks about this man in year three. So this year for me, I see this guy being a machine, finishing at worst as a back-end wide, uh, back-end running back one. For the pass catchers, though, all right, this one's going to get a little bit tricky because you said Mark Andrews, steady tier two for you. But after that, what are we going to do here? Rashad Bateman, Hollywood Brown? None of these guys out here, honestly, I want to touch. And I don't want to blame it all on them because I don't think they're bad players. Like, I love Miles Boykin as a receiver. It's just Lamar Jackson. I can't trust him. For you, where do you where do you feel comfortable, if at all, drafting any of these receivers out here or any one of these pass catchers 
besides Mark Andrews? Kylan Wallace? Oh no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I, I don't know, man. If I'm if I'm taking one, I'm taking Bateman. The, the guy's shown the college pedigree that he can ball out, and I think you know with where he they drafted him in the NFL draft that they're gonna want to try to to make it work. And this guy's explosive, and so that's who I would lean towards. I don't think I can go down the Marquise Brown road oh again my God, this year. That. that- Dirt road has led me to so much stress. I'm not even 30, but I think I have gray hairs because of this SOB. Like, yeah, Brown, because of him, I hate Hollywood now, man. Hollywood Hogan, yeah, Hollywood Hogan, too. <laughs> NWO, okay. I, yeah, I, I don't, I'm with you, man. Brown is tough, you know. I, this Baltimore Ravens offense, you know, it like gives us such headaches from week to week, unless you have the running back or you have Lamar. Mm -hmm. And so I just, if you want to take a flyer, take one on Bateman, but that's all I can say. Yeah, No, for me, honestly, I'm, I'm giving up. I don't even want Lamar on my team personally. What? I just, the way he plays, I think, you know what is sooner or later, I hate that everybody says it, but you know, the RG three comparison, like he plays much different than RG three does. They just both happen to run the ball. I just personally don't see that lasting in the NFL. Like, sooner or later, one of these guys will catch you, and they might take you out a little bit to where it might check you. And if Lamar Jackson's running ability goes away, I don't trust his passing ability enough to be able to take him where he's being drafted at the moment. Like, I'm, I'll gladly pass on that, skip down the road, and take my Kirk Cousins in, like, round 10. Well, let's talk about that for a sec. Where is he going drafted right now? Because in single quarterback leagues, if I can snag him in the sixth, seventh round, I'm fine with that. You know, um, if he's going around, because I feel like, you know, Mahomes is going first and probably like the third round, give or take. And then you got your next tier of guys like your Josh Allen's, Kyler Murray's. I think Lamar's in that possible tier, but man, I, I don't know if I if I would if I would hate it getting him in the sixth. Well, see, in the sixth, I mean, it's it starts getting into you know a, a possibility, but ESPN right now currently has him as ADP as about fifty. So if you play in a ten man league, that's you know the the, ten, the fifth round. But most people play, I would assume maybe like a twelve man league as well. So that back end of the fourth, top top fifth, which yeah. again for me, I I'm good man. Like I think his points won't make that much of a difference to where. I won't be okay with Ryan Tannehill around seven or something. That's a great point, bro. Because you know, while Lamar is a great fantasy asset to have, yes, there are some really good quarterbacks. Like you just mentioned, Tannehill, your guy Cousins. Um, I think another underrated one could be Carson Wentz. Oh yeah, in, in a situation. So totally with you there. I, now, given where around where Lamar's going, if I'm going to take a quarterback there. I would rather have Josh Allen or probably Kyler. Although Kyler and Lamar are kind of in the same boat for me right now. But, uh, but yeah, point taken, bro. I'm with you. I'm with you. All right, now moving forward to the Brownies. Me personally, I love the Brownies, but uh, I used to like. I used to be a very big fan of theirs because I knew not to expect anything good. They would just let me down, and I was like, I'm fine with that. But now, you know, and I'm like, damn it, they're starting to get good, and then they crush my hopes, and I'm like, son of a whatever expectations now. yeah uh, yeah i started i started building hope I'm like damn it you used to just suck and i used to be okay with that and now you're good and 
Now I hate myself. But with Baker Mayfield, you know, he's entering contract year here. Um, what are we going to do with Baker Mayfield? Like, is this a guy that, like you said, he's not he's not going to be going in the top five rounds at all because there's so many good quarterbacks here. But this guy that you, you shoot your shot there in round 10, 11, where he's falling because at the moment everyone keeps passing up on him and he still has Odell, Jarvis Landry. They draft themselves some nice stuff out there. Is Baker Mayfield finally in for a good season or is he going to be regular old average Joe? I think for NFL purposes, like real life football purposes, yes, he's going to be all that and a bag of chips. But Love with it. fantasy, yeah, you know, he's quarterback. Uh, where did it go? He was quarterback 18 last year. He did come on a little stronger later in the season. And he did, you know, in super flex leagues, he was a decent quarterback too, or, you know, even your third quarterback to fill in. But I, I don't see myself taking him in any redraft leagues. You know, again, I, you look at where he's, where you would probably draft him, TBH, I would prefer a guy like Tua. I'd rather take a chance on Tua because I think the oh, yeah. upside is a lot more there because what do we know about the Browns offense? They've got two amazing running backs. Very, very good running backs. And that can limit Baker's value. He does get Odell back, which could give him a bump up, but I like I can't see myself going with Baker. No man, Baker to me, I, I I like him. I like that he's a, a kind of an asshole. But you know what, man, fantasy football, I cannot think of my feelings very much here. I kind of want to win, but if he's there and like, if I get crazy, okay, how how insane would you judge? How much would you judge me if I'm like, you know what, screw the quarterback position altogether? Round thirteen, I get my first quarterback, and it's Baker Mayfield. Who are you getting to pair him with? Oh, That's what I would want to know. Ryan Fitz magic in like round 14. Okay. I wouldn't be too much judgy McJudgerson on that because you could plug and play both of those guys. So I don't mind that. Um, try to get another quarterback. You could get late, like late like that. If you could also draft like Trey Lance. Oh, oh you're right. Have Baker yeah. over the first few weeks. Uh-huh. Maybe that's where you take a Lance or a Fields. Yeah, like that because I mean Trevor Lawrence. Personally, I haven't seen him go too late. I don't know if he's made it that far though. Mm-hmm. But if Trevor Lawrence is there in like the teens, I don't know. I, I think I'd be okay with that as well. Yeah, that's not a bad strategy. And also, like your guy Cousins, he's got a killer uh, schedule to start the season. Oh yeah, uh, in the first like four weeks. Oh my god, I'm so excited to see that. But if I'm able to get Dak, don't get me wrong. If I get Dak. Because well, that's for the first like yeah. nine weeks. They only played one team. They had a winning record last year, so um, I'm that's all the way. Oh, okay. Oh, for me, yeah. Okay, that would be phenomenal if he has that kind of a year. But <laughs> staying with the Brownies, okay. You talked about their two great running backs, whom I love, Nick Chubb. Oh my Lance, I cannot say enough great things about this man. And then Kareem Hunt. These guys are a one-two punch. They be backhanding people left and right. One guy will kill you. Through any direction, either one of them steps on the field, you know you're going to get great production out of them. But how do you value them going into the draft? Because Nick Chubb has, going, has been going pretty early, and I believe he should be. Because for me personally, my crazy prediction of the day, of the year, will be that Nick Chubb leads the league in rushing this year. Well, that's that 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 I I, I that's a bold take. Um, Thank you. Because I, I think the big dog's still going to take that title down, Mr. Henry out of Tennessee. He'll have something to say about that. 
Ooh, but bad beat, bad beat. Ooh, bad oh, beat. Bad yeah. Rushing Henry rushing, versus yeah. Mr. Chubb. Oh, yes. I love my odds. Here. Do it. We haven't done one yet. I love it. Perfect. Put it on the board. I love that one. Oh, my God. You just made my day. Now, I'm about to make a good argument for you on Nick Chubb, though. Okay, so, go ahead. You look at the numbers last year, just the overall rankings. It's a little misleading because Kareem Hunt finishes as RB10. Nick Chubb finishes as RB11. But as you and I both know, Nick Chubb missed four games due to injury. And in the game against Dallas, he got hurt in the first half. Mm-hmm. So if you're telling me Nick Chubb finishes as RB11, missing four and a half games, oh my goodness. Yep. yep. Your argument's made. Yep. Oh my God. Nick Chubb, I just love his explosiveness. Like, we're just looking at him. He doesn't look like the kind of guy that would run away with it. But that's exactly what he can do. And that threat of having Kareem Hunt being able to have a good backup, it, it – it helps him, I would assume, to just play better. And one of the things that, like I said, my bold prediction came from this is Nick Chubb's final year where he can get a contract extension. I know, And this is also the last year where after this year they can cut Kareem Hunt and his contract can be, poof, gone. It wouldn't count against the Browns' cap space. So for me, I think Nick Chubb is like, I'm going to have this crazy killer year, give me my monies, and then you'll see that you're going to have this forever and it's going to be awesome. Yeah, dude, I, you, I don't agree about the rushing title, but I, and I don't know, you know, as long as Kareem Hunt is still there, that is going to cap the ceiling for Chubb because he just doesn't catch the ball enough as some of your other running back ones that are going around the same time. But there is something to be said, though, that when he gets the ball in his hands, he is a freaking playmaker, and so – I really can't wait to see how their season ends up as a whole, being just the Browns in general. Um, But, you know, flipping over to the receivers for the Browns, Odell Beckham's coming back. Jarvis Landry is still there. So I really just want to focus on one guy. I want to focus on Odell. We know he's never going to get back to the Giants days. We know that's not going to happen. But – do you see yourself drafting him this year? And what round would you be comfortable with that? I, for some reason, am, man, you know, I don't know how to say this in a nice way without trying to offend anyone out there, but like, I completely understand anyone that's in a bad situation. And for some reason just keeps going back. That's me with Odell Beckham. I cannot seem to leave this SOB behind every year. I'm just like, Odell, there he is. Why not? He'll be my fourth receiver. Cool beans. I'm down. Or even if he's my third, I'm like, yo, I'm going to have Odell as my flex. I can't seem to move away from this man, even though he has let me down every single year for the past few years now. And this year, again, me personally, this is not something that I recommend you should do because it's a bad relationship that you should not be in. But me, I will be okay with taking Odell like in the seventh round. Okay. I, I think what you hit on was key too. If Odell is my fourth receiver or a flex, I'm good with that because he is still can be a playmaker and we know they're still going to get him as targets. So, you know, he's still going to be clearly, I think the alpha wide receiver in this offense. So if you're telling me that I can draft Beckham where 
I don't have to rely on, rely on him necessarily as a week-to-week asset or worst case, a, a flex or my wide receiver four, like you said, then, you know, I like that. I don't, I don't mind that because if he burns you, you didn't have to spend that, that much to get him. Correct. Yeah, yeah. That's what – somewhere in the middle rounds is where I'm looking at Odell and I'm definitely hunting his name. I'm like, oh, you know what? It's round six. Maybe. And I'm like, oh, I'm around seventh. Okay, now we're talking. But we'll see what happens there. The two tight ends, though, they kind of freak me out. I don't like these guys very much. Austin Hooper and D, uh, David Njoku. Like, for me, not an option whatsoever. I don't know how you I feel agree. about them, but none. No. None. I, I hate them both. I hate that they each take away from the other one. One of them might have, like, a five-catch game one week, then it'll be the next one. Hate them. Their tight ends are dead to me. Don't even touch those guys if you were if I was you. Don't even don't forget about Harrison Bryant too. Oh my God, that's another one that he popped up out of nowhere, and I was like, you. I I loved him whenever he was in college. He played at a small school down in Florida. I was like, bro, stop it! Like you, your tight end situation is just ridiculous. There for the Browns, I hate you guys for that. Fantasy football purposes, hate you guys. Um, but moving forward, because I mean, we do have one last team that we got to get to. The Cincinnati Bengals, all right? This team is a little bit excited, even though they finished in last place. I love watching the Bengals after they got Joe Burrow. And let, hopefully this year they'll also be getting Joe Mixon. So how do you see the comeback of the Joes landing this season? Because is it going to be a spectacular one? Or are we just in for another year where they just burn and hurt our souls one more time in fantasy football? Well, Joe Burrow was on pace for – a really good season, not oh, a Justin yeah. Herbert rookie season, but it was going to be, you know, a good one. So the the thing that we've talked about before with Cincinnati is it always comes down to is protection. You know, they add Jamar Chase as his guy from college, but if they can't protect him, what good is it actually going to do? Now, you know, that remains to be seen, but definitely Joe Burrow, you know, I think that is a guy that you are going to be able to get value on in your draft as in, in one quarterback leagues. And if I can go in with Joe Burrow and then say I have a, like a Fitzpatrick or a Tannehill, maybe oh, Tannehill wouldn't probably be available there, but you know, a guy like Fitzpatrick or even Kirk Cousins, somebody as an insurance policy that if Burrow does get re-injured that you can plug in. But I mean, the Cincinnati Bengals offensive line wasn't great last year and Burrow was still putting up good numbers. And now you throw in Jamar chase. I do. I, I do like him this year. And I think he could finish as a top, a top 12, you know, quarterback. Now flip the script over to Joe Mixon. Now this is a guy that, you know, dashed a lot of people's dreams last year. My. You know, if you, if you're sitting there, okay, let me propose this to you. If you're sitting there in the third round and you're looking at running backs that are available to take and you've got Joe Mixon, you've got DeAndre Swift, Miles Sanders, J.K. Dobbins, and let's say even da, 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 let's even say Josh Jacobs. All right. So out of out of that group, how many of those guys would you take over Joe Mixon? That's my maybe. question. And I'm saying maybe. Dobbins, and and that's a big maybe because I think Joe Mixon would probably still be the pick there over all those guys. So basically, Mixon 
is like kind of in your your next tier after really like those the you have the top RBs, then you got that real second tier like the badasses as well, like the yep. you know Jonathan Taylor and Antonio Gibson, mm-hmm. Austin Ecklers, right? And then maybe Mixon is in your group at the top, just below that. Oh yeah, hundred percent. He he's definitely in that tier where if I can get him in round three, there's a good chance that I could still get a, a RB one production out of him. That guy could have that kind of a year, especially if the way Joe Burrow can sling it, backing up defenses. It could look very nice for good old Joe Mixon this year. And the coaches, didn't they? They came out and they said that uh, they want to make him the workhorse or give him all the, the touches. And we know Gio Bernard isn't there anymore. Do, do we believe the coaching staff, though? Is Mixon going to get all these coveted touches that we want in an RB1? Man, it would be so great if they actually held to their word because their backfield, I mean, it doesn't look that great. You really don't know after Mixon who's going to be the backup because I, I think it's going to be the kid from A&M, uh, Travion Williams. But honestly, it, it's, it could be anybody's guess out there. Those, those guys are literally just a bunch of other running backs. If Joe Mixon stays healthy, I think this guy could be a great workhorse. Now, the high receptions, I don't know if he'll have like potentially like what Najee Harris would have or like a Kamara. But if he finishes with 40, 50 receptions, I think that that's a very good number for Joe Mixon. And two years ago, in 2019, Mixon finishes as RB13. I mean, it's nothing to sneeze at, and that was with Bernard Dare. So if he plays, I don't see any reason why Mixon can't finish as RB13 or, or better. Yeah, 100%. I mean, honestly, it, Joe Mixon, for me, I love this guy. And then, like you said, with Joe Burrow, good value if you can get him in a one-quarterback league. Now, for the receivers that you touched on earlier, you say you like Jamar Chase. Me, personally, I love T. He, T. Higgins as a player much better. But I think just Jamar Chase will have the better fantasy football stats. I don't know how you feel about it, but personally, I think Joe Burrow and him having that connection from LSU, I think he's going to play a big part into that. But T. Higgins is a monster. So would you rather take Jamar Chase? Because he's going, I wouldn't say fairly early, but he's going earlier than Higgins. Who, which one of those two guys would you want on your team? So, if you looked at ADP recently, are they going? Are they going s- similarly, or Chase is going slightly higher than Higgins? Higgins, do we know right now? Well, from the leagues that I've done, Chase averages about one, maybe two rounds ahead of Higgins, which would be somewhere in like round five or six. So, I think personally, in that instance, say they're two round difference. I would rather probably have Higgins because he's got a year under his belt. He did have a year to work with Burrow, even though he did get hurt, obviously, partly through it. But Higgins still finishes as a really good rookie receiver, and it kind of is getting overshadowed based on uh, what Jefferson did and C.D. Lamb. I don't think a ton of people are talking about what Higgins did last season, and it was really quite spectacular. And so I think I would rather have Higgins, even though – Chase could just come out and put up just Jefferson season. I don't know, but just because of him and Joe Burrow, I think Chase wants to break all the records and, you know, we'll see if he can do that, but I like Higgins, but you know, one guy that you didn't mention that I think may be actually truly the best value because he's going to play out of the slot is Tyler Boyd. I think a lot of people sleep on him and where you're getting him, you're getting him probably in Michael Gallup, Devontae Parker territory, way late. 
And that goes to show you, too, again, how deep the wide receiver position is because I would be perfectly fine if I got to, to upgrade my, my quarterback, running backs, uh, tight ends, and I get a guy like Tyler Boyd as my wide receiver three or wide receiver two in my draft. I'm not completely mad at that because he's going to still be consistent. The dead dude can catch some balls. Yeah, no, Tyler Boyd for me, like you're right. If, I, if I'm able to grab him later in the mid to late rounds, That'll be a phenomenal pickup because somebody's going to have to catch the ball. And, I mean, injury isn't uh, scared of anybody. If something happens to Higgins or to Jamar Chase for bad luck, Boyd knows the system. He, that'll be his second year with uh, with Joe Burrow. I think that'll be a very nice connection too. But in general, though, I mean, the, the Bengals are a kind of a interesting team to be on the lookout for, especially depending on what Joe Burrows does. I think he'll be able to finish uh, – very highly on the thing, only because he throws a lot. Like, he was passing for 30, 30 times a game easily. Like, by the time halftime came, his numbers were already there. But for the AFC North, all right, I have a question for you. What wide receiver finishes with the highest points this year? So, sir, I'm going to give you the honor of answering this one first. I think I normally go first. And I want to I want, I want to hear yours on this because I, I think I know where you're going because of your conversation earlier, but – Go ahead. You go, and then I'll go. Okay. I, I'm going to take this one. I don't feel very confident in this whatsoever, but I like how you said earlier about Najee Harris possibly being a wide receiver one, a running back one as a rookie. I think Jamar Chase will do the same thing this year, but as a receiver. So, for me, Jamar Chase, I think, finishes as the highest numbers with a ton of receptions because I, I truly believe Joe Burrow will throw this man the ball minimum of 10 times a game. I don't mind that at all. You want to guess who mine is? Ooh, if I could guess, T. Higgins. Tylen Wallace. Oh, oh really? No, no. Just <laughs> I was like, okay. I was like, that, that's interesting. <laughs> no, I, you know, this is a really good one because there are so many, there are a lot of good receivers, mm -hmm. but we know it ain't going to be one of the Ravens. Yep. And, we know, you know, it, 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 may be, it may be Beckham on the Browns, but I'm actually going to go just based on – now, we're talking PPR, right? We're Correct. PPR. Yes, yes, yes. I'm going to go ahead and put my eggs in the basket of Deontay Johnson. Nice. I like he's it. a PPR target monster. Again, we talked about, again, Pittsburgh. Short passes. Ben's going to need a safety blanket. Deontay's going to fit that mold, and uh, I think that's – I wanted to go T. I really did, but him and Chase cancel each other out for me on this question, so I couldn't quite do it. I'm, I'm telling you, I wanted to say T. Higgins just because I truly believe he's a better player. It's just Joe Burrow, and I don't know what, why the hell the Bengals did this as an organization. I get your quarterback wants his friend as a receiver because he's good and they have a connection, but you need protection, bro. You could have had the best lineman coming out of the draft five years not really killing you against the cap. Like, oh, my God, just – it gives me a headache every time I think about it. But he wanted Jamar Chase there for a reason. One way or another, I think Joe Burrow will force feed this man and just let him do whatever he's going to do. But okay, oh, last, go ahead. last hypothetical question for you on Ooh, the I topic. I love hypotheticals. Let's say the Bengals did draft Penesuel with that Oh, pick. yes. Are we at this point then asking – how high T. Higgins' value is where he's a freaking wide receiver one? Oh, yes. To me, T. Higgins, without Jamar Chase there, <laughs> Joe Burrow being able to have that up because they, they fix up their offensive line fairly well. 
even though they didn't take Sewell, they did pick up a very good tackle, and they drafted Lyman in the second round. So it's still very good. But had you had Panay Sewell in there, I think that this this year the offensive line would have been much better. So I think maybe the highest producer on the team would have been Joe Mixon because of that. But T. Higgins, as a number one wide receiver with Tyler Boyd still opposite of him, and then if maybe the Bengals were to have switched that lineman receiver uh, draft picks to where in the second round, they're able to grab another good receiver out there as well. We're having that conversation where T. Higgins finishes as top 15 for sure, maybe enters that top 12. What could have been, bro? Man, what could have been? Oh, God. But anyways, for our divisions, I mean, we've talked literally everything from the north to the south all the way to the east and west. Hope you guys have stuck around and loved our talking about fantasy football. Late round flyers, if you haven't already, go to Twitter, go to Instagram, give us a follow. You're more than welcome to DM us at any time of the day. But before we leave, Lance, you got any final thoughts for these people out here? I really loved, you know, talking about the divisions and be able to really go in depth. I mean, how many more times are gonna we we gonna be able to talk about a a Hunter Renfro? You know, when the when the season happens, you know, seriously, we'll see. It's, it's been really good. It's been really fun, and it was nice having Austin on that week and talking dynasty and the division. So we appreciate everybody listening. You know, like you mentioned, make sure everyone subscribe on Apple Podcasts, uh, Spotify, find us, DM us. We're happy to help. You know, these drafts are now slowly starting to creep in. So we'll be able to uh, get into a deep dive on some strategies. When we get to August, we're going to be talking about preseason games. You know, we're going to be just got so much more content to get to before week one starts. So I'm looking forward to it. I couldn't have a, you know, a better buddy here to do it with Mr. RDA. You know, you're amazing every week. I do appreciate you so much, sir. Thank you. Oh, man, you're the best, Lance. That's how we do things around here. So, again, you know, that's it for us for today. We're definitely going to be back again next time. Man, we cannot stress how ready we are for the football season. So, if you guys are out there, we're going to start uh, hoping for no injuries to anybody out there and hope everybody is healthy. We can have a strong fantasy football year this season. But until then, from us, you guys, have a great day. Have a great week. Man, be great. If you need help with your draft strategies, Make sure you hit us up and we'll definitely help you guys out. So y'all take care and be safe.